Injury updates, training camp practice reports, comments from Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, and a few herd mentality questions are all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday slash Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder, we are free and available to you on all platforms, including YouTube. Got a bunch to get to here on the podcast, several injury updates. The Bills practiced on Thursday morning, so we have some takeaways there. Josh Allen and Sean McDermott said some interesting things and have a couple of good herd mentality questions that I want to close things out with today on the podcast. So thanks for being here. Let's get into it, starting with the injury updates. And these all come courtesy of Sean McDermott, who reluctantly spoke on the status of players. And you can just sense he gets up to the podium and he goes, you guys want to start with injuries? And then he makes the pool of beat reporters actually be specific with what they want to hear about. And, um, you know, he's not going to give you anything that you don't ask for. And he's also going to answer the questions in a way that is going to very, it's going to be a very limited reply. So with, with Jordan Poyer, he said, we'll see. It's going to take some days, maybe a week or two. Jordan Poyer was out there in practice. Um, obviously not dressed for practice. He had a big brace on his, left arm, uh, but was there. Seemed like he was engaged with the team, uh, but obviously it's going to be a week or two, but we don't really have much doubt that he'll be available week one. Marquez Stevenson, this one sounds like a not good situation. Uh, has a foot injury. Sean McDermott said it will be several weeks before he's back and that it's unfortunate because he was having a good camp. And look, you know, we talked about this yesterday on the roster projection Things are pretty tight at receiver. And, you know, I got a lot of feedback from people that thought I was off in slotting Tavon Austin ahead of Jamison Crowder. And that's not even considering Marquez Stevenson, who is a draft pick. So I, I don't know where this is going to ultimately land. And, you know, the challenge is if you put guys on IR before the season, that's it. They're out for the year. And so the Bills will have to really kind of figure this one out. You know, if he's part of the plan and they want to keep him around, they're going to have to get creative with keeping him on the roster. Regarding Roger Saffold, Brandon, or excuse me, Sean McDermott said he's making progress, which is good. And we think we've seen that through some of the video and pictures that have come out from camp. Regarding Spencer Brown, he said that he's ramping things up and he started to do one on ones uh, in practice on Thursday, but not yet for teamwork. But it seems like he's. Like I said, ramping up, and those are Sean McDermott's words. Regarding Greg Greg Manns, he said he's working through soreness. He'll be limited, but it sounds like he's on the mend. And then Ryan Bates, Tim Settle, and Jake Kumro, they're all they all practiced in some capacity on Thursday. So uh, a lot of good news here. I guess the disappointing news is Marquez Stevenson. So the focus for the Bills' practice on Thursday was goal line and short yardage. And based on reports, you got the sense that things were pretty back and forth 
between the offense and the defense with the you know defense having some wins, the offense having some wins, which is pretty much what you'd expect. Obviously, when I knew that the Bills were going to do goal line and short yardage, I was very concerned about injuries, and it sounds like the Bills got through without any concerns from the injury department on Thursday morning. Now, regarding some of the specifics from practice, Thad Brown shared that Zach Moss was the first running back in when it came to the the live goal line drills. And that's pretty significant because we've all kind of tried to figure out how Zach Moss fits into this puzzle this year. And the thing that I've continued to say is that Zach Moss is the one back here that has the type of skill set that you think would be good for short yardage, right? That 220-plus pound back. You know, he's that's not like Devin Singletary or James Cook or Duke Johnson, right? He's got that frame, that squatty build, that thickness that you would think would be well served for short yardage runs. And that's significant because you you probably do want to try to take some of that off of Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen's still an amazing short yardage runner, and you need to have him carry the ball somewhat regularly in those situations, but it'd be nice to have a power back that you can trust. Now, the other side of that coin is that Zach Moss has not yet showed us with any level of consistency that this can be a role that he can claim and and perform consistently with. But hopefully a healthy version of Zach Moss, you know, kind of fighting for his spot, could lead to a better version of him and him being able to help the team in this capacity. Now, if Zach Moss is going to be the RB3 and actually dress on game days, he's going to have to play special teams. And so I'm I'm going to be interested in, in seeing that when I'm at camp next week. You know, is Zach Moss getting opportunities to play teams? And if so, what does that look like? Because I think that's an underrated storyline that I've not heard any reporting on that I'm anxious to find out next week. Uh, Bobby Hart, Cody Ford, they continue to be the first team guards, right? Obviously with so many guys not available at guard. It's been the Cody Ford and Bobby Hart show at guard. So I just think that's worth noting. Hopefully that changes soon. You're hearing a lot of good things about Bale Inspector. Bill's day three pick linebacker out of Clemson. From Thad Brown and Matt Perino, Thad Brown commented that he forced a fumble and had an interception. And look, we've heard a lot of good things about Spectre to this point. And, you know, I, I obviously very familiar with Spectre from uh, his time at Clemson. And I was at the Shrine Bowl out in Vegas this past year where Balen Spectre was as well. And you can you could definitely feel him on the field. There's a lot of athleticism. He plays with a lot of urgency. And according to Matt Perino, this is what he wrote in his practice report from Thursday. He said, Spectre was flying around on Thursday and had a couple of noteworthy plays. Seems to have a knack for being in position to be able to take advantage of the offense's mistakes. The first came on a fumble from Jamison Crowder. Not good for Jamison Crowder. Spectre was there, scooped it up, and then ran the other way with it. The other was a terrible pass from Matt Barkley. Spectre soared into the play and dove for an interception. So, some splash plays from Mr. Bale and Spectre. An athletic player, good size. You know, I think he's positioned well to potentially be LB five or six for this team, and you know, obviously, get his work done on special teams and claim a roster spot. I think that's on the cards. That's on the table for Bale Inspector, especially with Andre Smith being suspended to start the year, six games. The last thing that I really have to talk about from practice was 
seemed like there was an emphasis on the vertical passing game after the goal line and short yardage. And Matt Perino noted some deep completions to Khalil Shakir and Gabriel Davis from Josh Allen. We saw the video of the Khalil Shakir throw where Josh, um, he had a clean pocket, so I'm not really sure why his mechanics were, were the way that they were, but you know, off of his back foot, uh, just kind of launched it from 40 yards in the air and hit Khalil Shakir uh, over the middle of the field deep. So really exciting play. Um, and and it's cool, right? Like you have seen that. You saw the digs catch, the highlights and stuff like that. And we we love seeing that. And it's different than, you know, some of these other teams you see they uh they post a play of uh of their quarterback doing something good. And it feels like, you know, the the rally for that is it's pretty intense from those fan bases. For us, this is this is what we expect. This is what we expect from Josh Allen in this passing game. And I really enjoyed seeing those plays and can't wait to see him with consistency as well throughout the course of the season. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tack those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Let's get into some of the noteworthy comments made by Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, who met with the media on Thursday. Sean McDermott before practice. Josh Allen after practice. Sean McDermott was asked about the offensive line. And this is um, something we talked about on the podcast. I'm getting a lot of questions about this. You know, look, you've got. Mitch Morris at center. You've got Deion Dawkins at left tackle, who's missed a couple of practices due to personal reasons. And then you're down, you're down guys everywhere else. You haven't seen Saffold in there. Bates has been banged up. You haven't seen Spencer Brown in there. And so we talk about the offensive line being five guys working together as one, and, and the Bills aren't getting those opportunities in practice for that group to gel. So Sean McDermott was asked about it, and he said it's never ideal. He said he is confident in the guys that are in there. They'll find a way through. And then he did say this, and I thought this was pretty significant. He said spots are earned and earned through availability with guys that are out there practicing. And look, guys get hurt. That happens, right? But if you're going to earn a spot on the football team, you have to go out there and practice, and you have to showcase what you are. And so when you think about the Jamison Crowders, the Spencer Browns, you know those guys have, have to to earn it, right? You got to be out there and, and showcasing yourself. And, and I think that's a, a very meaningful thing that he said. Spots are earned and earned through availability with guys that are out there practicing. Loud and clear, coach. Loud and clear. Christian Benford. Continue to hear really good things about the, the Bills draft pick out of Villanova. Sean McDermott regarding Christian Benford said he's had a good start to camp. He's played a couple different positions. Has a good way about him. 
his he's, he commented on his disposition on and off the field, praised his football IQ, commented on him having ideal size and movement skills, said they're taking it one day at a time. They wanted him to get some run with the first team and see how he fared. So there's a lot of really good traction for Christian Benford. And I have him right now making this team. And, and that's a shift from right after the draft where I really had a hard time seeing the path. But even with a Chris, with a Tredavious White being healthy, he made the team as part of my 53-man roster projection yesterday. I always thought, also thought this was interesting. Um, this was when commenting on Christian Benford and something we've talked about on this podcast a lot. And I know that this trend shifted a little bit this year with some of the draft picks. But the Bills have typically not drafted players from the SEC. Now, obviously, they went out and got Kyer Elam and James Cook, Florida and Georgia with their first two picks. And you start to really wonder, okay, um, what happened here? Because previously, the Bills have been way, way, way uh, low when it comes to percentage of draft picks coming from the SEC. Uh, previously, in the, in the Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott era, where you look at the history before this year, and it's like Tredavious White, Dawson Knox, Vashon Joseph and Jake Fromm. That was like it from the SEC. Meanwhile, 30-40% of draft picks across the entire NFL are SEC players. And I've I've long speculated that this had to do with the saturation of five-star players in the SEC and um how Sean McDermott wanted to get a bunch of guys that haven't been told how great they are at football their entire life and they have that, you know, that pompous attitude that can come with playing in the SEC and being, you know, the best of the best, you know, there, there's definitely an attitude that exists there. And that's great for college football and fans, but maybe not uh, as great when you consider bringing people into your NFL team and the, you know, the playing field is, is very much leveled off in terms of talented people being everywhere. And Sean McDermott said this about small school players. And of course, Christian Benford from Villanova, he said, I like those small school guys have a special place in my heart with guys who aren't well-known. I like guys who have achieved when the odds are stacked against them, people that have developed some resiliency, people that have a resume and life history that will feed into who they will become. So I think I, I, I was tracking pretty well when uh, I've been trying to figure out why the Bills don't draft players from the SEC. I think that that type of mindset that the Bills are looking for in players they bring in speaks a lot to that. Let's get into some of the comments that Josh Josh Allen made. Um, some good stuff here. He commented on Khalil Shakir. He said he's done a good job of learning the offense. He's switching from Z to F. Called him smart, runs good routes. It's good to see him getting reps and producing, and he's said he's excited about him. So it, that's good because I think Khalil Shakir has a real opportunity um, to be a, a top three or four receiver for this offense maybe as soon as next year. And so that's a great. It's great that they're seems like they're gelling well at this point. And I, I I like that. I like having a guy in the pipeline. And that's that's true with Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie is is Josh Allen's longest tenured wide receiver. And Gabriel Davis as well, two years of, of time with Josh Allen before they're really asked to take on those big roles, right? Big opportunity this year for Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. Well, what's great about that is there's there's a lot of time with Josh Allen to get that chemistry together before they take on those big featured roles. And I kind of like this idea of the Bills kind of keeping that cupboard full of, of targets that have a lot of upside, but maybe not initially in their career are they asked to be a high-volume target, 
but then that opportunity gets there and that opportunity gets there with the Bills having a few years of of experience with Josh Allen before they're going out and claiming 70, 80, 90, 100 plus targets. And I think Khalil Shakir can really kind of fall in line with that. Josh Allen, of course, was asked about the uh, the Jordan Phillips incident that has somehow become a major headline across the the NFL. And and Josh Allen, you got you, you could tell he was feeling good uh, during his press availability because he was joking around a lot and you know immediately started saying like, "What you talking about? Don't don't know what you're talking about." But then he did answer and say, "Hey, look, tempers fly. It was the first day of pads. Camp is long. I was probably in the wrong." He said that. He said, "I'm just trying to get guys juiced up. It's football." And I got him a box of uh, Titleist Pro V1s. He said, we have guys out there that want it bad. And then that naturally worked into a question about just the overall chippiness of camp because it seems like there's a fight every day, right? Today it was Ed Oliver going at Stefan Diggs, right? Uh, it feels like there's something right going on. Guys are getting after each other. And this is what Josh Allen said about that. He said, when you bring in competitive guys like we have, there is competition everywhere. When you put us against each other, guys are trying to fight for a spot on the team. Things get chippy when guys are working hard and trying to beat the guy across from him. Guys want to win. We have a lot of talkers on this team, and I appreciate the the intensity on both sides of the ball. So I guess that kind of speaks to some of the stuff I talked about when I commented on this on Monday, where, hey, this is just something that means a lot to these dudes, right? And I know that it's not a good thing necessarily to fight your teammates, right? Like if you want this as a team, you should have the discipline to not fight each other. Okay. I get that. That's easier said than done, right? It's easier said than done. Guys talking crap to you all day long. Maybe gives you a little extra something during the play. You don't want to take that. You're a competitive dude. You're an alpha. You're going out there trying to earn your stripes and show this team who you are. And so I I get it. I get how this stuff happens. Maybe you wish it doesn't happen to the degree that it's been happening this year at camp, but I think it is a byproduct of what this team wants to achieve, the types of players that they bring in. There's a lot of fight in these dudes. They want it. Now stop beating up your team. <laughs> stop fighting your teammates, right? It's kind of a delicate balance you got to find there. Regarding Isaiah McKenzie, Josh Allen said he's working his tail off, and that's what he's known for, working hard and finding a way. There's no denying his speed and toughness. Call him a muscle hamster. And I'm sure we'll have an awesome shirt from Del Reed over at 26 Shirts about muscle hamsters and Isaiah McKenzie, and I, for one, can't wait to buy it. said he's determined to help this team win football games, whether that's in the slot, as a gadget guy, or as a returner. said the slot position is open, and he's taking advantage of it early in camp has made some nice plays. His focus and intensity is up. So we'll see as, as Jameson Crowder starts to practice and eat into those reps and get his opportunity. We'll see how this all goes, but you know, it feels like every day. Isaiah McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie. See what happens. Josh Allen said, Josh Allen had some really high praise for Mitch Morse. He said he's working his tail off. Fought through some stuff today. He's in business mode. He knows the offense, and he's taking control of the room. He didn't have anyone to go in for him today. That's the type of leader you need in the offensive line room. I respect and appreciate what he does for us. And so, look, yeah, maybe this was the day that Mitch Morse kind of like 
maybe he had his own soreness that he's been working through and needed to take the day off. But with all these guys that are out, Bates and Greg Manns and uh, Roger Saffold, Spencer Brown not available for teamwork. Mitch Morse grabbed his lunch, pal. Got to work today. He's a dude. I, I really respect him doing that, and obviously Josh Allen does as well. Other One other note that Josh Allen made about the offensive line that I thought was really a, a good nugget. He mentioned David Questenbury doing a good job in Spencer Brown's spot while he's out. And so as we've tried to figure out who the right tackle is for this team, I thought the way that Josh Allen phrased that was certainly interesting about us being reminded that this is Spencer Brown's spot. So we'll see. We'll see. I want to see Spencer Brown playing and getting ready for the season. But um, I don't think we should bury him as the potential starting right tackle for this team this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about what's happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's close this thing out with a few herd mentality questions. I have three of them. We'll start with Edward, who says, I'm listening to the Locked On Bills podcast where you gave your thoughts on the Alan Phillips scuffle and how you compared it to your ski trip. I get why he would be mad, but why is he in this position in the first place? Why is he running in a situation where he should not be touched? At that point, what's the defense to do? Obviously nothing. I could see if he's behind the line of scrimmage trying to get a pass off while being pursued, but he doesn't need to work running forward. Could have all been avoided by not having him run beyond the line of scrimmage when he can't be touched anyway. The fault lies at the coaching staff's feet for putting them both in that useless situation to begin with. I understand what you're saying here, Edward, but I do want to push back. Because Josh Allen running the football in short yardage is a big part of what this football team does. They're very effective plays. It's part of what makes Josh Allen dynamic. And it's part of what's made this offense great and in one of the elite teams offensively in the league over the last couple of seasons. When you can play offense with 11 because your quarterback can run and that guy's Josh Allen, it means a lot. And you can't just show up against the Rams to kick off the season or any NFL game and just assume that Josh Allen can step in and do that. This is professional football. It has to be practiced. And if you're going to be a team that runs QB power and runs a football with your quarterback, you have to practice it. There's a timing piece of it. There's a physicality piece of it. It's part of the deal. And, you know, I thought a lot about today. You know, I knew that it was goal line and short yardage going into practice. And I had a text message exchange with, with my brother. And we're talking about it. And look, he said, he said to me, he's like, man, I hope nobody gets hurt today. And I said, yeah, I do too, but you got to practice football, right? And obviously he agreed with me, but there is that, yeah, they need to do this, but let's hope nobody gets hurt. There is a physical component of football that can't be replicated besides playing football. And if you want to be a high-performing team, 
If you want to go out there and be a physical tone-setting team, you don't just show up and do it. It comes because it's baked into who you are as a football team, which happens on the practice field. You know, it's one of those things where it's like people talk about college players after their freshman year just sitting out and, and never playing again and going to the NFL. Well, you just cost yourself a year of playing football where you can get better. You get better at playing football by playing football at full speed, with intensity, being physical. It's a contact, collision, violent sport. It's part of the deal. You hear about guys not wanting to compete at the Senior Bowl because they don't want to get injured. You're a football player. You got to be physical. and Unfortunately, injuries are part of the game. And you just have to accept that. But you can't just go out there and expect to be a physical football team and be a tone-setting team and not have those elements true in practice. You have to practice at a high intensity if you want to be a high-performing team on Sundays and Thursdays and Mondays and whatever days they play games. So I really don't, I don't take any exception with the Bills practicing this stuff because they're going to do it in games and it's an important part of what they do as a team. The next one comes from Jerry who says, I might be thinking too big brain here, but do you think Bean and McDermott are talking high praise for Tavon Austin to flip him at the end of camp for a mid-round pick like Bean has done in the past with A.J. McCarron and Zay Jones? I don't at all. I don't, I don't think so. Um, two really interesting scenarios there with A.J. McCarron and Zay Jones. A.J. McCarron was brought in to be a bridge quarterback to get the Bills to Josh Allen and A.J. McCarron, you know, evidently had no interest in doing anything meaningful to help Josh Allen and was selfish and just wanted to be the starter. And the Bills said, get out of here. Zay Jones had a really rough go there, right? Performed poorly on the field, inconsistent, had the, the off-field stuff that popped up. And the Bills had to move on, right? Those are different situations. With, with Tavon Austin, the NFL has told us what they think of Tavon Austin over the last couple of years where he didn't get signed until training camp. You heard Tavon Austin talk about this where he's like, man, I'm excited to be part of a team in June so I can actually have some time in OTAs to get myself ready for camp as opposed to just showing up at camp. I think there's a very real plan here for Tavon Austin. And I just I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of value when it comes to the trade component. I think the Bills focus with Tavon Austin is to see if he can help this football team. And if the numbers don't allow it, the numbers don't allow it. But I think this is all about Tavon and what he's doing for this team and that opportunity to be a part of what this team does, even if it's uh, you know not a, a featured part of, of the offense. I think he can claim a role but also help on teams. That's what's different than him than from from him than a Jameson Crowder, you know, or even a Marquez Stevenson, where you don't see those guys really having much appeal on special teams. Maybe Stevenson a little bit as a kick returner, but I don't know about him as a punt returner. Jameson Crowder's not going to play special teams at all. There's a lot to consider there, but I think the focus with Tavon Austin is on being a Buffalo Bill. And if there's numbers and he's not one of the six they want to keep or the seven they want to keep, well, yeah, then you can consider a trade. But I think this is all about this team. Last one comes from Derek. It's a good question. He says, is there any concern with the amount of interceptions by Josh Allen at practice or chalk it up to a new offense and testing what works and the O-line issues with injuries? I remember reading Tom Brady never threw more than a couple of interceptions all training camp with the Patriots. 
want to respond to this by sharing a quote from a tweet. I guess it's a quote, but a tweet from Quincy Avery. Uh, Quincy Avery, a very highly regarded uh, quarterback trainer. I've spent a lot of time with Quincy. I went down to Georgia this summer and, and was part of a couple of days of practice with him and have a lot of conversations with Quincy. And, you know, he works with uh, Justin Fields and Tyrod Taylor and uh, Deshaun Watson. A lot of a lot of high profile quarterbacks, um, a lot of college players as well. And this is what Quincy said. He said, do fans and media folks know practice is a great time to explore an opportunity to see what you can and cannot do. Every interception isn't created equally. So I just, I just keep that in mind. You know, it's, it's a lot of new personnel. It's a you know, new offensive coordinator, play caller, and Josh is, is experimenting. You know, and there's enough of a sample size now across the last two years that we know Josh Allen's not a big time interception thrower. That doesn't mean he isn't willing to take chances with the football and he he will throw interceptions, but I'm I'm gonna point to what he's proven over the last two years as a player more so than some of the variables that exist in camp in practice that may lend itself to those to there being more interceptions. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Um, I cannot wait to be in Buffalo next week. Going to be in practice on the 10th and the 11th, and going to have some really cool stuff coming out from that. And then, of course, I'll be at the Colts game on Saturday. So it's going to be a fun week next week on the podcast. Don't miss anything. Make sure that you are subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to catching up with you again next week.